Get Intimate with Oliver Wang is sponsored by Hinder, the hottest new dating app where your mom does the swiping for you. Tired of taking home dates that you already know your mom would hate? Tired of all the criticism and nitpicking about how your date was too short or too ugly or too liberal or that they don't make enough money? I don't know about you, but all that just screams unnecessary headache. So why not let your mom do the work? Hinder is used like any other dating app, but the catch is anytime you swipe right, your mom receives a notification and can approve or reject your potential date. You'll never find out you and miss. I can open a bottle with my 32D breast forever match because your mom just cut block you. If you really want your mother's approval, then upgrade to premium. Then she will be able to modify your profile and photos without your approval.、Mm, yeah, now you get to live the life that your mom always wanted for you. Personally, this app didn't really work well for me because my mom kept approving all the women. I should probably remind her I'm gay. I mean, we talk about this. She might have forgotten. I mean, yeah, it's been like ten years, so. Don't forget. Available on any dating app. Download now and use the promo code Oliver to get one free day with our mother's approval, so that you better start swiping. Because once the twenty-four hours are up, mother starts hindering. This commercial is created for entertainment purposes only. The product that was advertised does not exist. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of Get Intimate with Oliver Wong. All right. How are you, cuties? I am fine. I was so sick. Last week for like you know four days, I was so sick. I need to went into an emergency room just to get it checked out, and the doctor couldn't really find anything. I was having fever for a little bit, and then I have a lot of you know mucus. Not to be too graphic, but that was just what happens.、Uh, mucus coming out, even coming out from my eyes. I was so scared. I was so scared that I was going to be blind. But now, for some reason, everything is fine. The doctor gave me some antibiotics, and then I took it for like I don't know four days, and then now everything is okay. So we we don't know what happened. I think it might have been some kind of bacterial infection, and then I was even thinking it might be STD. I mean, I don't know. Hey guys, I'm a sexually active adult, so there is a chance it might be STD. So I went in. For STD testing, and then no, I did not have any STD. So no, nobody knows what happened. But now I I'm fine. So I guess I just have to pretend everything's fine. We'll see. We'll see. But、I'm, it just made me feel like because I have always been a sickly kid when I was a teenager. I have so much problem with my stomach. So um yeah, and now I'm HIV positive. So I am more sensitive. To my health, I'm like, okay, if I'm sick, is it because HIV or is it because of some, you know, other things that I shouldn't really worry about? You know, people get sick. Sometimes you don't have to worry too much. But if it's related to HIV, well, then maybe I need to do something about it. Maybe I need to eat healthy. Maybe I need to exercise more. But I think generally I need to exercise more. So I have been. You know, hiking more, just go for a hike like two times a week. Ah, 
that's healthy. But yeah, that's my current life. Another thing that has been on my mind for the past few days is the current world events, like what's happening in Europe, Ukraine, and Russia. I'm not a political analyst, so I don't have. I don't have any new information, any new analysis that I can offer, other than all the things that I have read on the internet, which you can too. So I'm not gonna go into the details of my political comments on the current world events. But what I'm gonna say is, I'm just so w- worried、um, about my country Taiwan because there is a parallel here. You know, the relation between Russia and Ukraine, between the relation. Between China and Taiwan, there's a parallel here, and I'm worried about my country. And then, as a comedian slash adult film director, I was like, "Uh, sure. What? What am I doing here? Why am I making porn? Why? Why am I doing comedy? I mean, I love entertainment, and I think entertainment is really essential." To human beings, but now there is something more urgent in this world. Hey, the world might 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 be in trouble right now. What can I do? Maybe I need to I don't know be a journalist or be a professor or be a translator, whatever, just to contribute to the society. Because people, because entertainment is the last thing on people's mind when the world in is in trouble, and now the world might be in trouble. I don't know. I was just experiencing this existential crisis about my life. I feel like I was not contributing enough. <sighs> Anyways, that's just my rant about about this. Yeah, that that's it. I I don't have any solutions, and then and also my family they are in Taiwan, so I worry about them. I was like, maybe I should fly my parents and my brother. To the U.S. and my grandma too, just to the U.S. So, so I can be more relieved, but, but obviously I cannot just fly them because they've been living in Taiwan for their entire life. I mean, I chose to leave Taiwan. I chose to be here, but my parents, my family, they wanna be in Taiwan, even though I feel like being in Taiwan might not be. The most safe option, considering what is happening right now. You know. Anyways, well, that was a great start of a podcast. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I don't. I think it's important to talk about current events. Even this podcast has been lighthearted for the most part. The reason why I think it's important is that I cannot pretend nothing is happening. Things are happening, and I need to at least be aware about it, or at least, you know, talk about it. Maybe not really in, maybe not in a really, you know, serious analytical way, but at least just to acknowledge what's happening. So, so yeah, that that that's it. All right, now I wanna introduce uh my my guest today. He he's great. I love him, and I got to know so much about him after today's conversation with him. He's Keith Graber. Keith Graber is a comedian and a chef. What a sexy combination! Somebody who can cook and who can also make you laugh. And Keith is so much than that. He he also did a lot of things in his life. You guys need to listen to this podcast and just get to know his personal life. He he should actually publish and. 
autobiography too. That yeah, that is a good. Yeah, you should do do that. Write a book or whatever. <laughs> Hire a ghost writer and write a book, or maybe you wanna write it yourself. Whatever. That's yeah. All right. So now let's get into uh this episode. But before I get to that, I forgot. Hey guys, uh please follow us on our uh get intimate podcast Instagram at get intimate podcast. Yeah, that is where we will post uh the videos clips on there, so you can watch our lovely face. All right. Now let's dive in. Let's get intimate. Let's get intimate. Da, 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 da. Let's get intimate. Let's get intimate. Ha. You are the second straight guy on my podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm drinking beer. Is this tra- is this like a conversion attempt podcast? <laughs> convert myself or convert you? Mm. <laughs> I see. I survived Catholicism, so I don't know. I don't uh, know. All right, so let me take a sip of this truly watermelon cucumber. It's truly all over your crotch right yeah. now because it's too it's too much. It's too it's like. Somehow too sweet, and then it has that saccharin flavor, that like stevia. Yeah, that's fake sweet. It's like all it's, the wrong things. It together. tastes really chemical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I bet you this would clean glass. Yeah, it would be actually decent. <laughs> glass, yeah. So for our listeners, so uh, this bottle, uh, the the can also says it's gluten free, like a margarita <laughs> gluten free. That doesn't sound like a good idea. It's a yeah, it's a warning that this uh, drink is. Horrible and tastes like the inside of your mom's purse. Yeah, it has nutrition facts. I mean, this kind of drink doesn't have any nutrition. So, <laughs> G of sugar, baby. Is it? Am I an alcoholic because I have to still finish it? Like, uh, it's so funny. He it says it's not a significant source of saturated fat, trans fat, cholesterol, dietary fiber, vitamin D, calcium, iron, potassium. Mine says it's not a significant source of enjoyment. Uh huh. So I don't know if we have different cans. Oh my God, you know, I, today I, I went to CVS and then I was going to buy some beer, but I didn't, I forgot to bring my wallet. So I showed them a driver's license of myself on my phone and they don't take it. How, first of all, you went to purchase something and you didn't bring a wallet. That's, oh, I use my phone. Wait, so you paid with your phone? Yeah. Okay, so you're in like the modernist of modern age. Don't, don't you pay with you're doing your phone? The Apple phone? I don't do the Apple. Here's the thing. <laughs> I just, I had a friend who just got uh, their IG hacked and I, and I reached out to them and I was like, hey, I, I emailed them and I was like, hey, your IG got tech, uh, hacked. And they're like, yeah, they did. They, they hacked that. They hacked this other thing and they stole my money out of my bank account. And yeah. I think it's because they have everything linked. Yeah. Like everything is just a password now. Yeah. And they they had their money wiped out from their account. How much money? Like I don't know. I mean, well, there was a comedian, so it's probably not <laughs> okay. probably not much, you know, but uh 50 bucks from that one show I did that time. <laughs> but it's it just that's why I'm scared of going fully digital with like Apple Pay and all that other yeah. stuff, you know. It's it's okay a little bit uh like I use Venmo and stuff, but I don't know. It's just when when I'm tapping my phone, I'm like, wait, that's all you have to do? Yeah. Nobody asked me <laughs> shit. No. Somebody could just pick up my phone. 
not even steal it, pick it up while I'm like not paying attention, go buy a bunch of shit, tap it, and then bring it back and leave it back on the table. And I would never know. Theoretically, yes, but you also, that person needs to have your face ID in order to open your phone. Maybe if it was already open though, you know, sometimes you leave it open when we're taping and stuff in comedy clubs or we we have the timer out or whatever and you get distracted. I don't know. I, I, I'm just like, but I, I'm not a cash guy. Like yeah. I walk around with a wallet like this thick. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. Like those, you know those dads that like sit, <laughs> they sit crooked. And, <laughs> I, that's a thing. Guys have old old guys, especially like boomers and stuff. They have like crooked spines. Yeah, from sitting on a big thick wallet. From mm. like, is that really the cause of the cookie spine? Back to the, the last century, <laughs> yeah, the, the century before this, yeah. that's what they used to do. They used yeah. to pack their wallet full of like coupons and business cards. Yeah, yeah. And all this cash, and that's how they would spend it. And they would sit on it, you know, and then they would get a crooked spine from it. Yeah, I remember when I was a child, my mom always count cash. I was like, oh, there's a lot of cash could come. But I think yeah. right now people don't don't use cash anymore. Unless you are going to, I, I don't know, hire a prostitute. Here's, here's the thing. I feel like if you're, if you're a grown man, you have to have cash. You know, like there's a lot of times where I go to bars yeah. as a comedian and I get drink tickets. Yeah. You know, those little uh, like bingo tickets that they get from. Whatever, from like the show office depot by the way i want to go to office depot and just get a roll of each color and stick them in my car and just, yes free tickets wait what are you talking about Home you know, those little coupons yeah 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 drink tickets yeah they just buy them from like staples or something. oh really <laughs> yeah. so you can actually show them the one that you bought yourself you just be like what color is it tonight you know greg oh blue hold on let me see i got a blue one <laughs> no but okay so if you only have a card and they give you that for the bar. You're, are you tipping the bartender for your drink? I, I would tip. How do you tip? With your card? You like, hey, ring up zero and I'll tip you a dollar. They will give you a receipt. So yeah. You, yeah. Usually, usually I just give them the ticket yeah. and I have a couple bucks like because you got to carry cash, yeah. you know. So I do carry a little bit of cash just for that, like emergency cash. But I'm not like a big wallet. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm somewhere in between. I don't, yeah. I don't like to just like have a, you know. I don't want to be chipped like like everyone thinks Bill Gates is doing to us. But I also don't want to be sitting on a giant wallet. And uh, so I'm in, I mean, I use a lot of credit cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think, I, uh, yeah, I, I love technology because I'm just, I, I couldn't, I forgot a lot of things. Like sometimes I will even forgot mask, I will even forgot wallet or whatever. The only thing I have is my phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I keep, I, here's, okay, this might be dorky. I don't know. But I got a wallet case. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, that's but that's smart. all I carry. I don't have yeah. a wallet separate. You know, it's yeah. just this. So, so anyway, you forgot your ID. Oh, yeah. So I forgot my ID. So I went to Rite Aid and then I show Rite Aid the picture of my driver's license and then they took it. But I'm just going to say, you see, it's so weird that I think that, you know, people will take a picture of your VAX card, but they won't take a picture of your driver's license. Yeah. Some places yeah. won't take the picture of the VAX card. Oh, really? Yeah, which yeah. is, I don't know. I think that's weird, too. I'm like, you know, like you're trying to get authenticity from this stupid jumbo paper card that anyone could, you know. Easily print. fabricate. Yeah, you just yeah. need cardstock and scissors and you're, and you're done. And a lot of people, they don't even check if the name is actually your name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's a lot of cross-referencing for a, a door guy at night with a flashlight who doesn't give a shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, of course he's not going to look. He's no. Get in there. Um, they just want to know that you're you're over 21, but I mean, you look 15. So I know that's why it's so why annoying I, to me. Yeah, 
I have a question. I want to card you right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I genuinely have a question. So if they know you look, you look definitely over 21, are they still legally required to see your driver's license? I, okay, so I heard that it's, there's a certain age that uh, if you look older than, like 31 or something, like, so they tell the, the people if they look over 31, you don't have to card them if they look under 30. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay. But that's a weird marker and process to do it. It's an arbitrary, yeah. And I've even I've even showed people my beard uh, <laughs> before as as like, oh, I don't have my ID with me or whatever. Here's here's my beard. Yeah. A lot of times I do have my ID. I'm just like, you're you're really gonna fucking card me? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I come here every day and buy beer or whatever. Like, why are you doing this? But I show them a the beard and they laugh like, ah ha. You could have that beard at 21. I'm like, really, Dr. Oz? You, fucking, you think you could have this beard at 21? Name the fucking disease that, yeah. would, that would cause it, you weirdo. Like, what kind of... Just just say you have to see the ID. Don't make up science. Exactly. You know I mean? yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. What do you make it up science for on yeah. the spot? And I think they only get in trouble if you report them, right? Or somebody found out you're actually under 21. I don't know. I don't know what... Because like, what are the chances they will get in trouble? Yeah, and and most of the time it's it's like liability insurance, et cetera. It's people trying to cover their ass, and they're inconvenient inconveniencing the entire fucking universe. Yeah, just so they can be like, well, we did that, we did that. You know, boxes checked, and it's everything squared. But it, it's not. It, it's obvious. It's not. It's not necessary. It's stupid. I don't know. Um, you know, in Taiwan, you can dream once you're over eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> that used to be the rule here in the, back in the 70s. Oh, yeah. They changed it in, I think, like, honestly, I think they, they saw it coming. I think it was like 76 when I was born. Yeah. They were like, uh-uh, we got to change this shit. There's, we we can smell <laughs> him coming. He's like, this is like the Anakin Skywalker of alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> they changed a law for we, you. We got to change yeah. something. Yeah. So. It's Keith Graber law. <laughs> This is not good. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. This is like something that, uh, yeah, was bought by accident. Yeah. That's what it, that's what it comes off as. And it's got the, you know what, if it just was either sugar or just the stevia or whatever bullshit they're using, that would be okay. But I think they have both and they're just like, they're hedging their bets. Yeah. Let's put everything in it. So the reason why I'm I'm drinking this margarita with Keith is because I'm trying to celebrate. He's the second heterosexual person on my show. <laughs> Hetero, heterosexual white guy on my show. I didn't know there was a prize for that. but uh, <laughs> No, because everybody else is either female or gay. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm going to give you two minutes to talk about sports with me. Oh, you want to know about sports? Yeah. I see. Two minutes. <laughs> Okay, so to you, I'll probably be like a sports <laughs> god, but uh, I, I'm not. I'm just like an average sports guy. I'm okay. not really a big on sports. There's certain <coughs> sports I like, certain sports I don't like. And what do you like? I like football. Oh, football so guy. you definitely watch the Super Bowl. I, I well, I watched the Super Bowl, but here's the thing: I don't. I went to a Super Bowl party, and I don't really enjoy that. Okay. Um, the reason being is because it's full of people like you. No offense, but you know, like. <laughs> It's the, it's like, imagine if, I don't know, um, if I went to an Oscar party and yeah. I was just like, wait, the commercials, you know, yeah. you were like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Buddy. Um, it's, you know, 
like every there's there's a bunch of screaming kids there's people like just talking over the game about seven layer dip and mm. you're like oh, shut the fuck up they're playing the game here yeah in fact it's kind of the best game of the year you yeah know? yeah and then there's of course the halftime special which i actually liked this one um i know like Every like racist dad in America, like it blew their minds. They're like, I can't handle it. There's yeah. too much rap. I think that's why they, they were like, Oh, you don't like rappers? How about six rappers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see how much you can handle. <laughs> yeah. I bet you I bet you every I bet you there's gonna be Republicans at Coachella taking a knee during all the rap performances from <laughs> now on. Like that's how they're gonna protest. I I I liked it. It was just you know, it was just like, it's chaotic. It's like watching, um, uh, like I like to enjoy the game and I like to be able to pause it yeah. and rewind it. If like, there was like, you know, if somebody's leg bent you know, two, yeah. two ways at once, yeah. I like to rewind that and watch it, you know, and see all the fights and see all the, like, you know, the, the, the crazy plays. Um, and I don't want to be like a hostage because of the commercials and, yeah. and the bullshit. You yeah. Know? And so that's where it's just like, I have a love hate situation with the uh, Super Bowl. So you went to this party like at a house or like at a bar? Yeah, no, it was a friend's party. Yeah. Oh, it's a friend's party. Oh my God. And, and they made great food and like, you know, I'm appreciative. They invited me to a party yeah. and I didn't even try to have my own party or go to anybody else's because I was like, I know I kind of, you know, Super Bowl, I just want to sit and chill and yeah. watch the game. Um, but and that honestly, sometimes there's beauty in going to a sports bar yeah. and watching a game because it's loud, but nobody's specifically like bugging you, you know? Yeah, because everybody can separate. And they're not yeah. going to stop the game for commercials or for the Super Bowl. You know, they're not going to like, it's just going to be what it is, you know? So, um Sometimes I do like to go to a sports bar, but you know, I don't want to try to cut down my day drinking. <laughs> so I don't know. So what do you want to know about sports? You- I don't know. I think that that's enough for me to know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just, I think you just like what you like. I think I know. do like uh, figure skating. Yeah. Yeah. There's no shame in that. Yeah, I think because I think figure station is kind of gay because yeah. they are kind of dancing actually. So I like that. Is yeah. that is that something that you can do or that you no, have I, done? I have not. Yeah. No. You just like to watch it. I just like yeah. to watch it because I watch it as like a performance. I think yeah. it's more like a performance for me. Yeah, it's like a dance show. Yeah, that's sort of like me with football. Like, oh, I guess so. Yeah, there's no way I could ever do that. Okay, <laughs> so so who do you support? Like, what is your favorite football team? Well, my team is uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Because that's where you come from. I, I grew up in Philly, and I'm almost getting to the point where I've been in LA longer than Philly. Yeah, um, that point is going to come pretty soon because I've been here for over 20 years now. Wow. Um, but it, it's it's weird because like. Typically, I'm like anti-tribalist on everything. I'm like tribalism is wrong, and it's usually like the root of all of our evil in American culture. Oh, in the world, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> and in the world. Yeah. Um, but and and sort of like leads to larger problems, like you know, uh, like racism and and other um, classism and stuff like that. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, backing any sports team is pretty much like that. Yeah, know? yeah. It's it's, tri- it's mini tribalism. It's like practice, like sample tribalism. You know, it's like your first taste. Yeah, it's like is is a tribalism that is less harmful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it no, but can be harmful too because people get beat up at sports games. What? Uh, 
Yeah, all, all the time. They it, beat other people's fans, especially in Los Angeles. Uh, somebody at the at the Super Bowl. Um, I think it was the Super Bowl or the game before it, but they kind of they swept it under the rug. Because, uh, it was the game before, and they swept it under the rug because they didn't want um, you know, the bad publicity. Whoa! And uh, they got beat pretty bad too. And there's a lot of times where they get beat up, and then they end up in the hospital in like a coma or something like that. I don't know why that's the theme. You know, instead of just punched in the face. And I, I remember, I think it's L.A. You know what it is? I think it's L.A. Uh, sports fans. No offense to you guys out there. Um, but I think they're so annoyed that the city is full of transplants. Yeah. Right. And so all their games are usually like, look at the even the Super Bowl, the Cincinnati Bengals. Like half the stadium was Cincinnati, really? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of all cities in the world, like that, you're going to have uh, half the stadium in Los Angeles full of yeah. Cincinnati? Yeah, I didn't even know that. Well, okay, that's interesting. But, you know, so yeah. you're always having, you're like, God damn, my stadium is 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 just like yeah. uh, invaded by you fuckers every time. Yeah. So I, I get why they're pissed. And I've been to games where we almost got into a fight, but it wasn't me. It wasn't us. It was the LA fans, you know? Um, we ha- I was at a game once with a friend at a uh, Rams Eagles game and <laughs> we're just cheering. And for some reason we were behind the worst people in the stadium. Yeah. Like I it just, what are the odds? You know, it's just my luck. Question. Do, don't, don't they separate their seatings? No, no, they so- do that. I think they do that uh, for certain soccer games in England. Oh, when they set, they'll set, they used to, I've heard for certain teams that are like rivals that are yeah. big time rivals and maybe they do that uh to prevent fighting <laughs> they should do that at, at like any steelers game because <laughs> yeah. they're like the whole that whole division is just full of so in the u.s it's kind of mixed everybody just sit together yeah, yeah okay and because you buy your own tickets yeah and, and they don't ask you you know like what's your affiliation yeah. you know i'm sure that would probably i don't know against hipaa or <laughs> <laughs> Uh, some people, they will wear the, the, the team shirt, so you will obviously yeah. know who they support. Okay. So actually, the, the, there was two guys in front of us. And, I, you know, I, I don't want to bring gender into this, but I, I'll, for this situation, I was like, I saw it coming. I'm sorry. It was like a, a train on the tracks, and I'm at the other end of the tunnel. And they had one guy had his girlfriend with him, and she was drunk and really rowdy and like standing on the seats. And that's always the thing, you know, like, she just got like way too familiar and like whenever their team would score she would like jump over the seats into our aisle and like cheer like on our bodies you know and like she was looking at you yeah she was punching my friend's stomach what she stepped she she stepped on my chicken wings i'm like get the fuck back in your aisle this is a violation of your civil rights yeah and probably also my hipaa rights yeah Yeah, too at that point and so there was almost a fight where we settled it and um you know they bought us beers they yeah they felt and we're like listen just you could be you cheer for your team i don't care even if your team wins i don't care we're just here to watch our team to stay in your fucking seats is all like that's really the number one. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you don't have don't to come step over on my here. chicken wings. <laughs> yeah, leave my chicken alone. <laughs> yeah. Leave my Britney chicken alone. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, I, I don't know. I I don't know why. I feel like maybe there's an LA chip on shoulders for um, people who are from here and have to deal with people from everywhere else at every game. Yeah. So. 
Maybe that's it. I don't know. Okay. That's a cool sports lesson. I'm trying yeah. to think of a gay equivalent of sports. I think probably it's drag race, which I don't really follow. Possibly. <laughs> I, I think the Oscars tend to be like the Super Bowl for, um, you know, like that's the gay culture sort of equivalent maybe. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, yeah, maybe it is because I still watch the Oscars for certain things. Yeah. And then so uh, gay men may watch the Super Bowl for like the halftime show. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, that, performers <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. So there's like, there's it's like the opposite dynamic, but a similar dynamic. Yeah, I, I, I just signed up a Peacock for like $4 just to watch halftime show. <laughs> uh, yeah. I did that before. Um, with Disney Plus just to watch it well, like one show and I'm like I'll watch all the Disney crap you know yeah yeah but uh yeah uh Dean are you okay are you drunk I'm oh now <laughs> no I'm just I'm I'm regretful like that's the only thing you get from this you don't get the buzz you just get the regret because <laughs> you, you are you are kind of blushing right now I don't know <laughs> truly it's <laughs> truly regretful <laughs> truly reg- I thought truly it's a good brand so I bought it Truly, listen, uh, sponsor us so we stop saying bad things about your drink. <laughs> Maybe I should have bought White Claw. I think White Claw might be better. Uh, White Claw is a little drier. That's what I like about it. Yeah. When you describe a drink dry, what does that mean? It uh, usually means not sweetened. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Which is weird because like, I get what you're saying. Like in English, like the translation is stupid. Like how the fuck can I? It's a made liquid. of water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you jackass. This is like. When when the right aid person makes up their own science, they're like, it's drier. Yeah, dry. Why is it opposite of dry? Sweet. It's still liquid. Yeah. I don't know why dry is the opposite of sweet, but uh But but I mean like how would you describe a sweet drink? Just just sweet? I think sweet. Yeah. Okay. Sweet, uh yeah, it's wetter, I think. Oh, people would say this drink is wet? No. Okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the stupid like way of like factoring into that science. Uh yeah, this is a, this is much wetter than the other drink. Actually. Yeah, yeah. It's more it's more hydration. Yeah. I, I think I I've I've never really liked I've always liked dry drinks. I'm a uh-huh. dry drink. You don't want drinker. sugar. I'm a dry drink drinker. Yeah. No, I don't want sugar. I uh even I had uh, a green tea. I I was over somebody's house recently. Yeah. And they they were asking me if I wanted a, a coffee or tea. And I said, green tea. That's yeah. what I normally drink. And they're like, how do you like it? Like sugar? And I'm like, just green? Like, you know, because yeah. I mean? you can't say black because yeah. it's not coffee. So I'm like, just green. You know? Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. But plain, like no sugar, no anything. You know? Me too, me too. Okay. When you are describing the drink as dry, I suddenly realized, oh my God, you are a chef. I totally forgot about that in my, in my uh, background. Yeah. <laughs> I forget too sometimes. Yeah. I forget a lot um, that I'm a chef. I want to forget. Oh, you don't like it? It's, it's just, I don't know. It's just a lot of work. It's, you kind of always have to have knowledge about all food everywhere all the time, no. you know, to be a, a private chef anyway. That's what I do. Like if, if you're in, um, a restaurant or especially if you like operate a restaurant uh you, you kind of have a, a fixed menu and a fixed sort of style and you can focus on that you know as a private chef i get called in a lot to do uh custom yeah food all the time can you make this can you make that it's like a little bit like room service wow. You're like an individual room service for people and so i i have to like okay you know i'm never gonna say no yeah and then i go and research all that type of food or whatever, you know, it's a new thing. Um, 
you know, you start to, if there's things that you're good at making, you start to perfect that recipe over time. And then you can start to make it like with your eyes closed and you know what uh, every ingredient, what effect every ingredient has Mm. on the food. Mm. And so if maybe there's a too much of one thing or not enough of another thing, Mm. you know the outcome. Mm. When you do a new dish, you kind of don't know all that science right away. Mm. You know a little bit of it, but uh, sometimes there's, you know, uh, ingredients. And and a lot of times I'll make uh, I'll make a certain dish from another culture. Yeah, yeah. So for instance, I have a job coming up where somebody requested jerk chicken. Jerk. Jamaican jerk. Oh, Jamaican jerk. Yeah. So it's it's sort of a spiced uh, teriyaki sauce, almost or spiced barbecue. Okay. Okay. You know, if you took Barbecue, teriyaki, and like a little bit of African spice. That's sort of like where it came from. Um, and and so the thing is, I don't know how like how authentic these people are looking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, are they are they white people who like jerk chicken, or are they Jamaican people who like jerk chicken? Like, I don't, you know, I don't. But know don't you they, don't you know their race? Sometimes I don't. Really? And I, that's a <laughs> weird question to ask. Too, oh, because they yeah. contact you. So email or maybe phone. It's a contact of a contact who's like, hey, I have this So you never receive them. I see. And it's in the list. And it's not like, oh, <laughs> hey, are they Jamaican? You know, like I can't ask that, you know? So, but it, it does matter. You know, if I'm cooking, look look at me. If I'm cooking Jamaican jerk chicken for a Jamaican family. Yeah, like, I know. Like the sweat pouring down my face. You know what I mean? Imagine you are cooking Taiwan's cuisine for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah. same thing, yeah. And and uh, I mean I can like just say well hey this is my take on it. <laughs> <laughs> this is my interpretation of Jamaican yeah. cuisine <laughs> this is fusion baby this American uh, Jamaican this, yeah but it's a shame because I do like to make food. <laughs> I mean that's that's sort of my goal in uh, cooking is to make every dish known to men you know like uh, was. and I know it's impossible I'll, yeah. but I'll die trying you know that's fine yeah. I like I just like to experience different cultures and different foods and cuisine from all over. Like I'm sort of globally inspired is yeah. what I would call like how I like to cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't mind if um, an entire menu for one night has like dishes from different areas, you know, oh, from okay. all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mind that. I like that. Okay. Um, Have you done something like that before? Yeah. That's, oh. I mean, typically that's what I'll do when I, if somebody says, oh, whatever you think. You know, oh, and you could like sort of variety, yeah, yeah, and it's a variety of things, but it's also certain things that are suited for maybe the weather or the uh season, yeah, yeah, yeah. But one thing might be North African, and another thing might be French, and another yeah. thing might be Italian, and another thing might be French Canadian. You know, it's sort of the I don't know, that's just how I like to do it. I am just curious. I usually like what because you are probably chefs, obviously, you go to people's house, like, do you usually cook for like. I don't know, a family of four or you, you could like family of like 20 people. Um, so I do a lot of different things. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be cooking for, I'll be doing meal prep for like a family of four or so. A meal prep is like a week of meal prep. Meal prep is like, yeah. I make all your food for the week and I put it in little Tupperware containers and I stick it in the fridge. Um, other times I'll be doing like a special dinner party for, uh, let's say, you know, um, it's your birthday. Yeah, and you want to have twelve people over and have a nice dinner party at home, so you don't have to deal with whatever's happening in restaurants and stuff like that. That I'll I'll do that as well. I honestly I prefer those. 
Yeah. Sometimes I like, I think my favorite one is um, when people travel to LA. Yeah. And they stay in an Airbnb. Yeah. And they hire me to do like a little, they'll have a, one of the nights they, they want us to be at home and have a, a, a fine dining experience at home at the Airbnb where they're staying. And they'll hire me for that. So you cook in front of them? Uh, yeah, most of it. Yeah. So, okay. And Some so you have to, not. you have to socialize with them. I would oh, say. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes they, they want to sit there and ask questions okay. and like, you know, it, questions are fine. Uh, sometimes I'll get requests for like, oh, can you do a class? Okay. You know, and I, and I do a class. Here's the problem with the class is like, if you still want that same gigantic menu or, you know, like four course menu and, and, but you also want it taught to you and cooked in front of you. You just doubled the amount of labor and time it takes to do that. Because okay. I, have to, I have to explain to you every <laughs> yeah, single thing yeah. that I'm doing yeah. instead of just it's doing It's a lecture, it. yeah. Um, so for classes, it's usually like one thing. Yeah. You know, and, or maybe one dish and then like a, 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 a small dessert. Yeah. And then you get a taste. Okay. Because otherwise, we'll be there all day. Well, what is the weirdest request you ever gotten? Oh, man. In terms of like food or maybe like just weird requests when you're I, I gotta rack my brain. There's so many. Uh, <laughs> Are they like, uh, have anybody complained in front of you? Complained in front of me? Oh no, not any. Really. Uh, only awkward moment. I, I, I should say. Okay, so the weirdest request I ever had was a trash can turkey. I think. Wait, is that a dish? That it's a, <laughs> it's a way of cooking. The, the a tur Oh, so for Thanksgiving. Trash can turkey. That trash. doesn't sound like a dish, but I guess it is. It's a white trash thing. I think it's a white trash thing. Uh, so basically, you know how in certain parts of the country, they'll have like a big yard with like spotty grass and like a chain link fence uh -huh. and a dog tied up to a spike. Uh -huh. in the yard. Okay. Instead of the dog, you have that wooden spike in the yard and then you take your turkey and you put it basically impale the turkey onto that mm. and you light a fire around the turkey. Oh, okay. Got you. And then you get a metal trash can and you turn it upside down. Ah, yeah, yeah. I saw and videos like that. So it's basically like a poor man's smoker. Almost, yeah. You know, like a, like almost barbecue smoker, but it's a cheap way of doing it. So somebody wants you to do that. Somebody asked me to do that <laughs> in Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. That happened. Did you do it? I recommended that, uh, <laughs> I told him, I'm like this, in that guy's yard in Ohio or wherever, no offense, Ohio. Uh, we're really bagging on Ohio today. I don't know why, but he doesn't care that there's a, a, a crater from a burnt turkey pit uh, yeah. fire like in his yard. But I was like, this is going to cause more damage than what I'm charging you in your yard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I, I wouldn't do it. I have a smoker. I can smoke the turkey. Um, you know, that would probably be more hygienic anyway. So yeah. let's, let's do that. What? And so we did. Yeah. Why do people want to do trash can turkey? Is, there, is it because it's more delicious? Like, or is it just like a hype? I think it was like this cute, ironic um, style of being like, oh, it's going to be, you know, it's so low end, but yeah. we're going to make it. It's so trash. So yeah, they, they like it's it. It's trashy fun. It's like, <laughs> yeah, sort of. I had, I, had a, um, I had that theme for uh, a Christmas party. I had like a, you know, a white trash, white elephant. <laughs> white trash elephant yeah. so all the things that you bring for the for the gift exchange could only be white trash there's a lot of scratchers and you know uh 
malt liquor and, and Cheetos and things like that. You know, whatever. That is so funny. Okay. Um, but to answer your other question, I've never had anyone complain in front of me. And that's that annoys me. I'd rather them complain in front of me than say, like, I never trust. I can never take a, a compliment because I don't trust. Yeah. I always feel like you're just saying that because you don't want to confront. You know, like that's always happened, even when it's a real compliment, nah, uh, you know. And so uh, that's why, because no one's ever complained in front of me, that I, I'm like, it can't be, my track record can't be 100%. Right. It's not possible, right? Like, when I say complain, I'm not saying they complain about your food. I'm just like, if they are being difficult with you. Mm. Yeah. But I guess I don't know, because I have this weird assumption. I'm like, people who has the resources to hire a private chef probably are snobby. <laughs> <laughs> they are, but, uh, and I, I, you know, I'll be honest, I, I might not be the best chef in the world. Definitely not. Um, but I am a good private chef because yeah. I'm like courteous to the people. I'm yeah. nice. You can trust me inside your house. Like yeah. that's the number one thing. It's like the cooking. Yeah. We want a great chef, but we also want someone that's like pleasant, clean, yeah, pleasant, clean. Like you can have, they come to your yeah, house, yeah. you know, and they spend Fingers are trimmed, whatever. Yeah. 10 hours yeah. in your house. Oh, 10 hours. Wow. With wow. your family and with your Shit. friends. So they can't be, this can't be a maniac, yeah. you know? Um, so that's where I have it on lockdown. Yeah. Um, and most people appreciate that and they, uh, you know, they like the fact that it's, I'm just a normal person. That's not gonna, you know, I don't. Have you ever cooked Taiwanese cuisine? I think there is probably a really rare request. What? Taiwanese? Taiwanese cuisine. No, I have no. not. I, uh, you know what I, I did have the, the most Asian thing that I couldn't pull off was teppanyaki. Like uh, when you go to Benihana's, you know, you know, you haven't been to teppanyaki? No, I don't even know how that is. I have to Google it. Benihana's when, when uh, everyone sits around the hibachi grill and. How do you spell Benihana's? Benihana, uh, I think it's the B-E-N-B-E-N-I-H. Right there, Benihana near me. Anihana is like a restaurant. Yeah. And so you sit around and they throw the Oh yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this. And yeah. they make the little volcano with the, yeah. and, and it's like, like a show, yeah. And there's so much uh it, it's sort of like there's more performance art than yeah. cooking. You yes. know what I mean? I can't and it's like it's like a circus show. It'll be you gotta, fire. <laughs> you gotta make like a heartbeat in the fried rice. <laughs> you know, it's so stupid. You have done these before? I Okay, so here's a funny story. I've I've never cooked. I've had requests for that. Yeah. I'm like, listen, listen, lady. Like I, you know what I mean. I was I was gonna make like homemade raviolis. Is what I was thinking. Like yeah. you, you just up the ante to like because you, you need a hibachi grill. Yeah, there's a lot of tools. <laughs> so this is cool. And wow. so I've never done that with you know like the the Benihana experience. Yeah. But um, I did have so I do auditions for commercials. Yeah. And for some reason, everyone in the commercial world has a boner for chefs. They look, oh my, you're a chef? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just like, easy. I want I'm a comedian. You don't yeah. give a shit about yeah, that, yeah. you know? But the chef thing, they're like. Because I think chef is sexy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I cook hamburgers sometimes. Like, it's not that sexy. Because I think men who cook are sexy. I guess. I mean, you know how many times I'm just like making a waffle or something stupid? And it's just like. You should just shoot videos of you cooking and then put it on Pornhub. People would check yeah. up. Oh, 
I, I I did a post where we cooked at my house with a bunch of comedians. Yeah. And it was supposed to be comedy content with cooking involved. Mm. Most engagement I've ever had on a post <laughs> I've ever done because there was cooking in there. Oh my God, he's a chef. Yeah. It's that crap. Um but uh, so, so the commercial auditions. I, I did an audition for a commercial and somebody's like sent me the audition. They're like, oh, they're looking for a teppanyaki chef. And I'm like, again, like I can't just be like a regular chef. Like they, yeah. it's always got to be this extra thing. Like, yeah. can you jump off a roof? You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. So uh, uh, the commercial, uh, the, the audition was the next day. Yeah. Huh? And so I'm like, okay, uh, I've got 24 hours to become a, a good enough teppanyaki yeah. chef to do this commercial. And so I went out and got all the equipment. I had most of the equipment, um, but I got like a hat and whatever, you know, just to make it like, and I started practicing like when you throw the egg in the air, you know, with your spatula. And, <laughs> and I, I actually brought a whole bunch of stuff to the audition because I wanted to do my moves the yeah. right way. And the hardest part is the flipping the spatula and catching it and like juggling that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Because I'm not coordinated enough to juggle. I can't juggle. Yeah. Um, and and so I I even so I got that the eggs, they what they normally do is they put an egg on the on the grill and it usually like wobbles and moves and yeah. then they tap it and they spin it around. Yeah. And then they scoop it up with the spatula, throw it up in the air. Yeah catch it with their pocket <laughs> yeah know, yeah 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 and then put it in like sometimes they'll catch it with their hat and okay then, and then uh they throw it back up in the air and they crack it with the side of the spatula yeah. turn the spatula sideways it cracks they pick up the shell and that's how they fry the egg okay or the fried rice so in order to do this audition and i knew it was going to be in somebody's office we weren't doing it at benihana's on yeah. the day off you yeah. know what i mean so I, I hard boiled the egg so that way I could still do the egg thing. Yeah. You know, I was ahead of the game and I was yeah. like flipping, you know, all this shit. And I got there at the audition in the room. I must have been like, I don't know, the 15th person doing it. And there was shit all over the floor. <laughs> all the corpse, all the dead but bodies of the eggs. Yeah, there was like there was spatulas on the floor. There was food on the floor. There was shit everywhere. And the worst thing is like, there was like Snickers bars all over the floor because people would show up and they didn't have anything to flip. Oh, so they flipped Snickers. And they're like, oh, okay. oh, well, why don't you grab something from the candy machine? Yeah. And, and, or they had a bag of candy up yeah. in the kitchenette. And so I was even like ahead of the game on like even yeah, thinking yeah, prepared. About yeah. yeah. And so uh, I did my thing and they're like, he's like, honestly, you're in the top three. Oh, yeah. You know, just verbally, you know. Um, but I didn't get the audition. I guess the, you know, somebody really came down from Benihana and <laughs> got the thing. So it was a Chase commercial too. And I saw it like uh, a few, like a, a month and a half later, I saw the commercial and guy was on camera for a split second, just flipping a spatula. Mm. And I'm like, I could have done that. Why, why did you guys go so hard on, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What, right. What are you doing? And I, I, I probably should, I'm pretty sure it's probably like a thousand dollars, right? For the compensation. Well, yeah. Maybe, but when it goes national like that, uh, for a bank commercial, yeah. you should you get you good re residual, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that guy probably made good money. Oh shit! Yeah. Just yeah. flipping a for like a few seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I I just want. Uh, <laughs> why can't there be an audition for the exact thing I am? You know? Just a chef. I've always got to like shoehorn some <laughs> other thing in there. You know, something stupid. <laughs> yeah, they they treat you like a circus performer. You need to like yeah. walk. 
ride the elephant or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. if you ever do like a game show or something. They want, you're like a little whore. They want you to dance for your money. You know what I mean? Like, no, yell louder if you want the money. You know, like, be <laughs> dress like an animal. You know, and it's always yeah. too much. It's like, uh, this feels dirty now. Yeah. I feel, I feel shame. You feel your, your profession is not yeah. being respected. <laughs> Stare into the camera and talk to your parents and tell them you really want that money. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, Dirty. I feel like is something is somebody gonna do something to my face. Like it's really weird. This this whole experience. I didn't like. I don't like the game show. <laughs> <laughs> you little whore, jump up and down. Let's take a break. Be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Dream Diet. Oh my god, I've had many wonderful experiences with Dream Diet. It is an amazing biotechnology company that helps you dream via eating tasty food. It has been believed that the type of dreams you have is not only connected to your subconsciousness, but also to the kind of food you put in your stomach. And this is where Dream Diet comes in. How Dream Diet works is that you will talk to a psychologist about what type of dreams you wish to dream during your sleep. And then you will be connected to a nutritionist who will create a list of food you need to eat in order to have the type of dream you want. Then Dream Diet will produce the food you need and ship them directly to you in a box. Do you want to dream about having a vacation in Hawaii lying down on the beach? You might have to digest a lot of strawberries and fish and smoothie mixed with leaves and sand. Do you want to have a wild dream where you are the superhero saving the city? Your nutritionist will probably advise you to eat turkey meat mixed with steel and gallons of milk mixed with rubber. Do you want to have a sexy wet dream? Well, I do. Well, then I have to eat Oysters mixed with Chinese mushrooms and silicone lube. Because I want gay, sexy wear dream. I want silicone lube. Dream Diet has helped millions of people dream the perfect dream. You don't want to miss it. Now use the promo code Oliver to get a special formula to dream about Ryan Reynolds. This commercial is created for entertainment purposes only. The product that was advertised does not exist. Do you cook at home? Oh, you cook at home. Wow. Yeah, I cook for my wife. Um, you see, that's sexy. That's what I'm trying to say. I guess. I mean, you, a lot of men they don't cook, and then what? If you cook and you cook for your spouse, that is like you know a plus. Yeah. You hear that, honey? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> she doesn't like it. <laughs> I get more sex. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, mostly just for the sake of of efficiency, I cook at home. You know, it's just like. Because I can cook with whatever ingredients we have. Yeah. If my wife wants to cook something, God bless her. Uh, but she'll get, she'll download a recipe, probably print it out. Um, mm -hmm. she'll, she'll go shopping. She'll buy those several things. Yeah. You know what I mean? She'll be like, no, uh, excuse me, shopkeep, one carrot, please. You know, because <laughs> it's in the recipe. It calls for one carrot. And so she'll do all that and then come home. And then it's this like, this elaborate lab experiment yeah. of making this dish. And meanwhile, I'll just like open the fridge, yank out whatever we have, yeah. chop it all up, put it together, make something. And it's, it's faster, more efficient. And, and that way we don't have to, you know, shop for any extra ingredients. Yeah. 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 Um, not that that's always bad, but you know, in between shops, you don't want to have to be 
reliant on that thing. Yeah, so. yeah. Like me, I I don't have any spouse or whatever. So whenever I cook, I only cook myself. I'm such a bad cook. When I see a recipe that's more than two steps, I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> you know what I do most? I just put instant noodles and then I chop up some vegetables. I put in there and then I put some, you know, meat and that's it. Mm-hmm. I don't even like using recipes. Oh yeah. I mean, I do when I research recipes. What I do is I figure out the the logistics of what's happening. You know, how much of one thing, how much of another. Sometimes the ratios are very important, especially yeah. in baking. And I'll use those ratios. Um, but a lot of times it'll call for something and I can tell when it's like, that's a personal choice. Yeah. I don't like that kind of thing. Oh, I'm yeah. You are very experienced, so you can tell. Yeah. yeah. And so I can kind of fudge it my way. Yeah. You know. When I'm watching YouTube cooking videos, I'm not com- I Okay, just let me say, you know, those cooking videos they show you like this elaborate process of making a dish but they don't show you like how much you need to do after you cook it you have to clean and everything i'm like yeah. show me that yeah yeah okay i mean imagine if they did that in porn they showed you like all the all the mopping up and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right oh by the way yeah keys what for our listener keys was on my prone shoe like two weeks ago mm-hmm. yeah i love how they still call it a shoe even for porn I think that's uh, why else do we, do we call it uh, I don't know. Um, a set, a scene, maybe. Yeah, a scene, making a scene. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so Keith was on my set making sushi because we are doing a naked sushi, you know, scene. Yeah, Yeah. You know. so the sushi, uh, that's another thing I get requested a lot is to make sushi. And that's something that's, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't ever, I think I'll die and still not think I'm good enough at sushi because. You are great. I'm okay. Yeah. You know, all our crew members was like, oh my God, Keith really know how to color fish and the sushi yeah. looks beautiful. Yeah, it did look good. And yeah. I did fudge it. I got away with it. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, that was actually my first time making sushi for Naked Sushi. Uh, normally it's clothed sushi and yeah. I, <laughs> we eat it off of plates like normal people. I, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe it's my age. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, I'm I've never been a prude or anything like that, but I kind of like eh, I'm just like whatever with naked sushi. I'm yeah, like, you know, I'll, I'd rather have <laughs> give me sushi and then a naked one. Like you know what I mean? Not, why are you putting them together? <laughs> I know why. Right. Yeah. Like if you want soup and salad, like separate containers. Right, you know right, I mean? right, right. So I don't get why. <laughs> I don't know. It's cute. It's funny. It's it's artistic. It's I think it started out as artistic. Yeah, I think so. I was looking at it. The in history. the true, yeah. in the true sense of art, yeah. where you're you're challenging uh, perceptions, you're challenging the mind, you're yeah. challenging um, your aesthetic. Yeah. In in the brain, that's where I think it true truly comes from. Now I think it's like it's just a, like a novelty or yeah. or some sort of cliche that yeah. everyone wants to be have have had experience right yeah yeah so uh sort of like the first cruise was probably like wow this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) and now (laughs) what do you mean i have dysentery i only went to the buffet four times yesterday yeah right yeah um so i don't know but it was cool and uh it's fun but that was not the first time you are on a prone set no i in fact the the first time i was on a porn set uh, what also involved cooking, 
Oh, I didn't. Okay. When I first moved to Los Angeles, I was a chef. This is like such a. Uh, this is like such a. I don't know. It's it's like a, such a storybook sort of story. I like I, I flew into L.A. I had no money. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, no money. Like mm-hmm. I was broke, mm-hmm. and so I went and stayed at this hostel with friends, and uh, and then my friends were like, "Hey, we're gonna go back to Philly." You know, it's like LA's cool, but we just came out to see it, and they're like, "Do you want to come back with us? We'll buy you a ticket." I'm like, eh, "I think I'm gonna stay," and I had no money. <laughs> and then so they left, and literally, like, I now I had no money and no place to stay. Yeah. So I went down to the hostel, and I was like, "Hey, uh, you do you need a chef?" And then, and then I could live here, you know. <laughs> oh. And they said yes. They're like, "Yeah, sure." I'm like, "This is like Charles." Dickens. What a story! Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a Charles Dickens yeah. novel, you know what I mean? Like, Keith. Why? Keith Oliver Twist. <laughs> and so I, I, I worked at this hostel and I cooked. Um, Did you say hostel? Hostel. Okay, okay. It's, you know. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And, and it wasn't like, it kind of was like a horror movie, actually. There's some funny stories out of this hostel. It was, it was skanky, let's face it. Yeah. You know, it was kind of skanky. But I didn't care. I was just like, you know, experiencing life. I didn't, I didn't really care about the, the details, the yeah. small details. I was just like. As long as I have a place to stay and I'm getting some money, yeah, everything's uh, looking up for me. So, um, but I, I would cook, uh, I would cook dinner at the hostel for all the people that work there, and also the people who are staying there. You can come down and you could buy like a meal, you know. And it was honestly, it was garbage. Like the budget was so low for that. He's just like make whatever. Everything was every night. It was it was a uh, it was the the lowest grade of. Uh, dark chicken meat mm. you know so like dark meat like the thighs yeah and so it's all gristly you know dry. when you go to a yeah. bad like chinese restaurant <laughs> and you get like the you order orange chicken or something and you're like half of this is bread yeah and, and then the rest of it is like gristle and and knuckles yeah knuckle meat you and know? it's so dry and you couldn't taste anything yeah that's what the owner always gave me and said make it work yeah you know? so i would make, make it work <laughs> i made decent food and then um one day i go to work and uh it's closed and all the windows are blacked out oh and i'm like what the hell's going on and he's like oh they're they're they rented the, the kitchen out for a shoot tonight okay there's they're filming in there there's no food Ooh, service right. i'm like okay that's weird because then how the people who live here and work here and stay here are gonna eat yeah you know but okay and they're like if you want you can go in and watch <laughs> and i went in and there's a porno and they're having sex right on the the kitchen counter where i where i had like served the food oh <laughs> yeah like, yeah i wanted to go up and just ring the bell i'm like order up <laughs> but i didn't um what position were they doing what's that what position were they doing i think it was just like uh whatever missionary you can do on a kitchen counter like yeah. where the guy was standing i think yeah and um you know the the woman was on was laying on her back with her legs wide open uh. on the counter um but and you know a lot of people like i don't know people get excited about like oh i get to watch that porn and like i think the first timer usually will get excited but but you, but you can watch it you can see it like i have excellent wi-fi like i don't care about you know what i mean i've seen it all i've yeah. seen anything you can want to see you can see on online is it really that great being i don't think it's not that exciting but i think it's kind of a rare experience to see people having sex in front of you. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. but the thing is like the the only difference to me is like, oh, now I can also smell it. 
You know what I mean? Like, why, <laughs> why is that better? Why would that be better? Yeah. I don't smell the cum and whatever. Yeah, and the sweat and the and the shame and the you know just that body funk. Yeah, you can smell even when you go into like I don't even like going into a uh, if it's a big dance party or something. I'm like it's funky. Yeah, up in here. yeah, because you can physically touch other people. Yeah, yeah. I remember the worst time I uh, so I used to live in New Zealand. Oh, uh, you did? Yeah, for like three years. And they had their, at the time, I think it was called the, oh, they had they had some uh, big concerts, like La Palooza or Coachella. They okay. had the gathering. Yeah. And they had a big day out. I don't know if big day out is still going. I think the gathering stopped. But uh, that was like their Coachella. So it's like a music festival. Yeah. yeah. And so I went to the big day out yeah. in Auckland. And they had... Um, Chemical Brothers were were on there. Okay, I love Chemical Brothers, and but the thing is, for whatever reason, they they had separate stages, and they decided for the dance for the Chemical Brothers and there's other uh, dance party like performers, they had a big tent. Everybody was inside a tent, mm. like a big circus tent. Mm. And I go in there, and it, you know it's funky, and it's like it was like early summer, so yeah. it was kind of warm. And but it wasn't over. It wasn't like triple digits like we get. But and I was like, is it, you know, it's cool. But I'm like, why the hell is it raining in here? Like, why? How does it rain inside? Everybody's sweat and moisture was collecting on the inside. Of the oh shit! And then dripping back down. That's so gross. I was oh gosh. By, but like, people sweat. They created their own ecosystem inside that. Yeah, tent. it's environmental friendly, I guess. I mean. Yeah, it, it it was gross, but also like when it evaporates, it doesn't it become water, and then it's like so it cleans out the. It, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like act. They created rain inside a, a dance tent. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what rain is. It rains, yeah. It yeah. Evaporates in the oceans. Yeah. Yeah. Goes yeah, into the clouds. Yeah. And it rains all over the the land. And, and I then, think when you evap when it evaporates the. All the gunk and whatever will actually stay on the ground or whatever. It separates. Yeah, it, it separates. Yeah. But, uh, you know, nothing's perfect. Yeah. But they created an ecosystem inside the tent and it was a gross ecosystem. And I'm like, I, I gotta go. I am curious now. Why are you in New Zealand for three years? I, I, I grew up in Philly and I was, you'll probably not get this reference. Nobody does. But I felt like uh, put in head Wilson. Um, that's... There's a Mark Twain, you know, yeah, yeah, Mark Twain. yeah. He's a writer, and so there's he did this one like short novel called Puddinghead Wilson. Most of it goes into sort of um, about some sort of law, almost like To Kill a Mockingbird style. Okay, case. but the beginning of it sets up. There's this lawyer who's a really smart guy, and he moves to some you know ignorant town. Yeah, and the he they call him Puddinghead Wilson because all the things that he says and does are too smart they think he's the idiot mm, oh they, got they you call okay him the dummy you're like yeah, yeah, you're yeah. the dumb person right. we don't understand what you're saying yeah, yeah and he's yeah. talking about stuff that's real and yeah. factual and in fact he's the smart one yeah. they're the dummies but there's so many dummies yeah. that they think he's the dummy exactly and they outnumber got him they right you know, that's how i felt in philadelphia my whole life and so i was like i gotta get the fuck out of here go eagles go birds uh but <laughs> Then I, um, so I was like, where's the farthest fucking place I can go? And it was like Australia or New Zealand. So uh, they're almost like, you know, 
bipolar on, yeah. on the globe. So, so you ended when you are in your early 20s? Yeah, I was about uh, 22. I think, when I oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Was, yeah, I know. It's like the last century. Yeah. It's so, so long ago. I don't even barely remember it. There, was must, there must be a really interesting experience just to live in another country when you are in your early 20s and for three years. Yeah. It was initially, it was a little bit of a culture shock, but I was like, you know, I never give myself credit for being, you know, for whatever, any kind of discomfort. I'm like, listen, bro, you get, you, you know, like people have it worse than this. So I'm like, this is culture shock for you. This is like nearly the same culture. Like yeah. imagine if you went to fucking Vietnam or something. Like, yeah. And don't speak the language. Yeah. <laughs> so just, why don't you just buck up, <laughs> uh, fuck up. And yeah. Drink as they say over there, like, uh, drink a cup of con- concrete and harden the fuck up, you know? And I yeah. was like, there, so there was like a, a minute amount of culture shock in the beginning, but um, that's just because I think I was immature. You yeah. Know? I don't, I don't think it's really, in fact, I, I actually really like uh, New Zealand's culture and you know, what's weird. I ended up doing a lot of really white trash things. <laughs> <laughs> trash can Turkey. In New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the first time I ever did. Well, because you are in your early twenties, you're supposed yeah. to do all that. And yeah. I and I, the friends I made were like, "Listen, we're still white trash over here." Um, but I, I, uh, that's the first time I ever did spotties. You know, what I heard of it. Wait, spotties? explain to. I heard of it. Okay, if you have an electric stove, um, you take a couple butter knives. Yeah. And you put them inside the, you like fold them into the elements on oh. the electric stove. Okay. And you turn it on, and then the butter knives get super hot. Yeah. And then you take uh, a bunch of marijuana, which is legal now, <laughs> and then you roll it up into little balls and put it on the stove. Okay. And you take a, the knife out and you stick it to the and it and as soon as it hits the the piece of weed, yeah, it uh, the nug, it sticks to it, and you put the other one on there and you smoosh it together. Oh, oh, okay, okay. And it smokes the whole thing, and then you have like a funnel or a soda bottle that's yeah. cut in half, yeah. and then you use that as a funnel to, to suck up all why, the smoke. Why would people want to go through all that trouble just to smoke it? Like, it, does it make it the taste differently? It, it's it's almost like doing it uh, like a bong all at once. Yeah. That's number one. And number two is if you don't have a pipe or you don't have a bong, yeah. that's like a cheap way of doing oh, it. So you oh, just so, need butter okay. knives and electric stoves. So you did a lot of spotty when you're in New Zealand. I did some spotties, not a lot. Some <laughs> spotties. Spotties. Um, but yeah, no, I had a, I had a great time there. I, I actually love the country. Um, I was in Lord of the Rings. I did an extra <gasps> scene. Really? Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Just now like, it's just getting more interesting. Like just for... you. Like just a split second. I actually did two scenes. I think the second. Did, did one you? Did we see your face? You see my eyes because yes. I had a mask on. I had like yeah. yeah. Which which? Okay, so in the two towers, um, you know when Frodo and Sam are going to Mordor. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, but I'll just describe the yeah. scene so the listeners would know. Yeah. Um, but they, I think, is it uh, Frodo falls down the hill or Sam falls down the hill, mm. and then. Uh, Frodo comes down and puts the blanket over them so that they go invisible. Okay, yeah. And there's two soldiers that hear the commotion and they come over and they're called Easterlings. And uh, so I was one of the Easterlings. Ah. And so I'm looking at the, you know, then they're just like, huh? I don't know. You know, and then they turn back and they're like, ah, that's, uh, I guess there's nothing there. And they <laughs> walk away. That's not what they said, but yeah. that's the subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically, it's like one of those cartoon scenes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's all this? Nothing? Okay. You know, and they're saved. And I even, I remember, so this was a pickup scene because I guess whatever they shot, uh, they didn't get the right, 
look on yeah. the camera, right? So, um, and I think what they they never had conceptualized. I didn't read the the book, uh, but I don't know if the the invisible blanket was fully conceptualized. So they have this blanket from mm. the elves mm. that was that made you invisible. Yeah, right? the visibility cloak or blanket is what they yeah. call it. But what does it make you invisible? Like disappear? Or does it make you look like your surroundings? Is it a camouflage? Yeah. So what they were trying to conceptualize is like, okay, Frodo pulls the blanket over them, but then what do the guys see? Do they disappear and there's nothing? Yeah, yeah. Or and and because they they had to figure out, oh, how do we do this in post? Do we make them disappear? Yeah. And it's just the ground. Yeah. Or do they appear as a rock? Yeah. And so they didn't know what to do. And they were like, they were still screwing around. This is a pickup shot. Nah. They already shot the original scene, yeah. but then they're shooting an extra scene just to get it right. And there's, they still didn't know what to do and they couldn't make it look uh, plausible on screen. And I'm just some schmo, you know, in costume as an extra. I'm like, Hey, cause they were trying to make it look like a rock. They put the blanket over the guys yeah. and it just looked like a lumpy dude yeah. under a ru- under a blanket, yeah. you know? And I'm like, Hey, you should get some chicken wire, you know? And make like a little rock shape under yeah. uh, on top of the guys. Yeah. And so you get the, so you get a shot of the blanket looking like a rock. Yeah. And then turning into a rock, you know. And then about five minutes later, some guy came out with chicken wire and put like a frame over the two guys yeah. sitting there, put the blanket on, threw some dirt on it, and they got the shot. And then they cut it with another shot of them pulling the blanket. Oh my god! You contribute to the film. Yeah. Oh my I'm god! I'm better at props than I am. You're a consultant. Yeah. 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 I'm a con. con- Consultant. Yeah, you're a consultant. Yeah. You are my chef consultant. And I promise it. Should always be in quotes. <laughs> yeah. A consultant means you have to do anything they ask you to do. <laughs> yeah. Just like truly is truly delicious. <laughs> I, I'm just amazed by your life story because I think that's really interesting. Just going to another country and then live your life there. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe should I write a. Uh, like a biography and this up for you yeah how the how the hell is it interesting and it's still on broke like why how are those two things you know what i mean because i don't know do you talk about this with people because if you don't if we never have this conversation i don't think i would never know this no i i mean yeah. only when people ask and yeah. here's the thing here's here's you're gonna find this weird it's boring to me no like i but i lived it like yeah. you know what i mean this yeah. story is boring as shit because like i've either thought about it a million times yeah or told it a million times and i've already lived it it's like eh. you know what i mean you yeah. don't go around being like hey this page in this book that i'm reading i'm gonna read it to you you yeah. know it's like it's boring yeah. i don't know to me i like to find out about other people or i like to experience new things I, having this lo- lengthy conversation about old shit i i mean sometimes it's fun to have like a um an anecdote for a certain topic there's a, a story to open the conversation whatever yeah yeah but i, I don't go yeah. around wanting to tell my life story i'm not an old guy on a bench you know what yeah I mean? like yeah i don't want every hey did i ever tell you about <laughs> the time i was in the movie lord of the rain yeah <laughs> in that movie i mean but i do have like more crazy stories uh did you know that i used to have an estate sale company Estate sale? Estate sale. Oh, I don't know. You know, when people die yeah. and they sell all the stuff in the house. Yeah. I used to run a company where we do that. Did you build a company? Build it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, you, you opened the company. The, the owner of the company. Yeah. yeah. With with a couple of uh, partners. Yeah. And like we would do crime scenes and stuff too. <laughs> so I, I had to hire like a crime scene cleanup. 
you know, they clean up the blood and the guts and yeah. all that stuff before <laughs> to, I had to outsource that because we didn't want to do it. And we weren't, technically we weren't certified because you have to, if it's a bloody carpet, you have to incinerate, oh my you know, gosh. You have to dispose of it properly. Do you so, see any corpse? I didn't, but I've stepped in blood by accident, you know, like oh. a blood puddle left over. So it's like person. fresh crying like scene. Like fresh, like squished. Like I had to wipe my shoe because it was still, gosh. Yeah. Um, that was, that was, a, a, you know, there was a couple, there was one murder and a lot of deaths. Uh, some of them happened in the house. Some of them didn't. Um, but uh, there was one murder we did and the they, they didn't catch the person. Oh, shit. So like every, we had to work. That is so scary though. I know. We had to work inside the property. Why if they come back? They they may come back. I mean, I don't know what they're going to come back for. Like, to, oh, I'm going to kill clean, them some more. Let me yeah. clean the evidence, whatever. I don't know. I think, yeah, yeah by then, you yeah. know, it was already. But I mean, we, we had, so what we had to do, our job was to clean out the property. Uh, you know, different people would hire us. Yeah. Sometimes the family would hire us. Sometimes a realtor would hire mm. us. Sometimes the bank would hire us mm. because the bank now owns the property, mm -hmm. et cetera. There's all kinds of different situations. Um, so sometimes they're like, listen, get all the stuff out as fast as possible. Paint it. We want to sell this property. Mm. You know. And then sometimes they're like, sell all this stuff. We want to make as much money as possible um, because we're broke and our, our aunt either just died or is moving into a, a senior home yeah. and everyone's broke, you know? So there's that. And people aren't prepared for the fact that like, Oh, my book collection, that's not worth a million dollars. You yeah. know, like people aren't prepared for what their collection of junk is really worth. Yeah. Usually fucking nothing. <laughs> Usually the only thing that of value is the home itself. Yeah. Um, sometimes the cars we've sold cars before, but uh, I remember like, so the, the, the murder scene, we had to like clean off the fingerprint dust mm. that some of the stuff we couldn't sell because it was still gummed up with fingerprinting yeah. dust from the cops yeah. doing their thing. And we had to put new flooring on because they had to cut the carpet out mm. from where the guy bled mm. out on the carpet. Um, I remember every time we worked there, people would, were like taking pictures. They were like, there were journalists sort of TMZing us. Yeah. You know, people took a picture of my people from the Los Angeles Times took a picture of my license plate and found my personal information and then were calling me to ask me questions. Oh shit. And I'm like, I don't know. Like yeah. I wasn't there. Yeah. I'm just a cleanup dude. Yeah. You know? Um, plus I don't really wanna you get involved. I don't yeah. Get involved. You know I mean? I'm like, I don't He did it. He's so guilty. You know, right. Like, yeah. I don't know that. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a lot of, uh, had a lot of weird occasions with that. We would find a lot of weird stuff. Uh -huh. And sometimes we find cool stuff. Um, you, you know, like there's, the people who were, who died uh, were usually like in their 80s or 90s. So they lived like a long life in the 20th century, yeah. you know. And, uh, so you can't find some antique stuff. Yeah. yeah so, and, and some yeah. antique jewelry and things like that. I found one time. Uh, there was a uh, someone who died. I forget who the relation was, but their father was uh, a Jewish man who escaped Nazi Germany. Mm -hmm. But the his original passport when he was five years old. Oh, this wow, was shit a, was a Nazi German passport, like fully with the government issued swastika. Wow, on it. 
and I found that original like mint condition. That is interesting, but also a little frightening. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, this is history that I'm holding right now. And obviously, you know, anything, did, we, did you sell it? No, anything of value uh, like that, we would turn into the whoever the client was. I uh, see how they got into it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the client didn't want it, but in that particular case, they absolutely oh, did. Shit. I was like, yeah, you should have this. Like, I, you know, I, I would never sell that if, because yeah. I would just, you know, if nobody wanted, I would keep that for nostalgic, you know, for whatever. Like, I, this should be oh preserved. But, um, I'm not going to sell this to it. Well, maybe a pawn shop. I don't know. <laughs> maybe on Pawn Stop. No, you remind me of an episode of American Life uh, I was listening to. So these um, African-American family, they were going to buy a house somewhere. I don't know. forgot where. Somewhere it's now Los Angeles. <laughs> so they are going to buy a house. And then they went into this house and just... And then they enter the house and then they notice that everywhere has the Confederate flags. Ooh. Yeah. And then they, the, the, the husband went upstairs and then saw a KKK certification. Ooh. And this, oh my God. And then they are like, we need to get out of here. Yeah. So they found out the owner of the house is actually a cop. It's a, and it's still alive and still serving. So, oh. so that's why this American Life found this story so fascinating and they did a whole reporting about that. Yeah. Yeah. How do we get that here from there? <laughs> but yeah, you are talking about. No, I know. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. 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 Just, but so. I, I don't understand why. Like, I, I kind of almost the red hat situation. Yeah, I fucking like that. I like the red hats. You yeah. know why? Because they're they're marking them. They're wearing a uniform for you. Yeah, they're like I'm an asshole. Make no mistake. Yeah, I'm an asshole. Yeah, you should know that about yeah. me. And it's like, thank you, sir. Yeah. The hiding stuff in the basement and hide and wearing the robes and sneaking around and all that stuff. Grow a set, dude. What are you doing? What are it's, you doing? It, be be you. Yeah. If you're a fucking piece of shit, then be a piece of shit. Make, yeah. Like, why are you doing it in secret and then living your whole life pretending you're not a piece? You come out of that racist closet. <laughs> Just let us know you yeah. are racist. Let yeah. Everyone know. Yeah. Who you so are. we know what to do with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, this this discussion has been long. Okay. I uh let's let's talk about your company so you can promote your shows and stuff. Okay. So uh Keith Graber is this uh he's a producer of liar liar comedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have like three shows going on, right? Like Fudge Factor and ethnically ambiguous and what? Um or two shows. Currently those are the only two. Oh, okay, yeah. got you. Uh once in a while I'll produce a small show here or there. Yeah. I'm doing uh, at Sunset Grill, we're doing a workout room. Every, uh, like once a month, I do that. Yeah. Um, Catsy. Yeah. And that's really just for the comics to like have a good space. I like booked mics. Yeah. Because you don't get like the riffraff, but you still get you still get the workout of having to deal with uh, a weird s situation. Yeah. Because it's you know if you do a mic in a restaurant space or a bar mic. Those are good, like those are CrossFit mics because you get to practice the skills of yeah. ignoring weird sounds, dealing with the the real uh, time. Yeah, you, you have the present enough. Yeah, yeah. You, if you only ever do mics or shows in like 
clubs that have a good environment, yeah. you're going to be spoiled in a way. That's true. You, you can't yeah. maneuver around. I think com comics, they need to learn how to deal with distractions. Yeah, yeah. distractions, hostility, yeah. Uh, loud noises. Yeah. Um, people, Server going around. People not paying attention. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. You yeah. just run through your thing yeah. and either, either ignore it or embrace it. Those are the skills that are good to acquire. Um, so, but and so that's that's as far as workout spaces. I prefer to do that. Um, but for shows, uh, right now I'm producing two shows. One's called Ethnically Ambiguous, yeah, and it's for any kind of comic comedian who just basically is ever it, the the logline is if you've been asked the question, so what are you yeah. anyway? Then you're qualified. Um, if people don't, sometimes it's like you were on. But you're you're a hundred percent you're a hundred percent Taiwanese, right? Uh, yeah, I'm a hundred. Yeah, but a lot of people think I'm Korean. Uh -huh. Yeah, and 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 but if you were in Taiwan, nobody would say you're ethnically ambiguous. Yeah. But here you are, and yeah. sometimes it's based on that ignorance. Yeah, and then sometimes like everywhere I go on Earth, nobody yeah. knows what I am. Yeah, I've been called so many different ethnicities yeah. and races that it's it's crazy. That's why I started this. But still, there's a lot of people that look at me and they're like. Well, you're fucking white. Why are you doing this shit? Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't win. You can never win. You, you. I don't think you look 100 white. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah but for yeah. some people, it's not still not good. Yeah, enough. yeah, you yeah. Know, it's still not good enough. You still it, they they still perceive that you enjoy white privilege. Yeah. And my joke is I always enjoy beige privilege. You know, yeah. it's like it's a little off. You know, it's but and it, it's the thing I I I've never like fully uh I I don't feel like I've ever been fully like understood or perceived. And I've been called every single different race. Yeah. I mean, not every single, but like a lot of different ones. Yeah. Uh, mostly a lot of Mediterranean. Yeah. Um, Mexican. Know, Italian. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Hispanic. Yeah. Uh, Middle Eastern. Yeah. Um, I get all those sort of. Uh, somebody at somebody thought one time. So I I, I used to do a different job. <laughs> yeah. Where I used to install like uh, flat screen TVs. <laughs> You're multi-talented. And satellite wiring, you know, like if you said, oh, I want a flat screen on the wall and I want surround sound speakers and I want a satellite dish wired to my... You are the guy to know. I would come and do that. So I Yeah. That. You cook and then you install TV and then yeah. you sell stuff after people are dead. I like to keep myself busy. <laughs> um, so I did that and a lot of times we would do it in uh, Santa Clarita and a lot of times you'd be surprised how many people were just like, Oh, we're not home, but the key is here. Okay. The code is blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they would just trust us. And yeah. I don't even have that trust. Like growing yeah. up in Philly, I would never let someone in my house when I'm not there. I yeah. Like my landlord, when he's trying to schedule uh, uh, some sort of repair, I'm yeah. like, I got to be there. Yeah. You know, I don't trust people. Um, and, and for the most part, they, they did trust us and we were a trustworthy company, yeah. you know. But uh, there was one time where a guy was home. His wife scheduled it for me to do it when he wasn't going to be home. And, but he was home and he was just on his way out. And I knocked at the door and he's like, he's like, oh no, there must be some mistake. And he sent me away and he called the company and said, uh, I don't know if that was you, but I think some Pakistani guy showed up to my house. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would, because they wouldn't let us in the house. Because they were going to let us in until he thought I looked Pakistani. Oh gosh. Santa Clarita, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, growing up in racist Philly, uh, where everybody's white, 
they they all everyone assumed I was Puerto Rican basically, mm. and um, so I've even gotten like jumped before mm. by by a bunch of white guys thinking I was Puerto. You know, I'm like yeah, you know what? what yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah, dark skin white. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, I'm I'm running from ten dude, from ten guys, and yeah. I'm trying to process this information. I'm like, what? So wait, what if I wasn't? Or are you still want to? You know, like what's going? I don't understand yeah. like the exact. Give me the parameters here. What? So if I'm Puerto Rican, you're gonna beat me up. If not, then you won't. <laughs> but what if I am? Is that still is that lying? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and back then, there's no 23 in me, so yeah, you couldn't prove it. Yeah, there was. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's that's what that show is about. Ethnically ambiguous. I do that once a month. The next one is uh, Raven House comedy, uh, Raven Comedy House in Silmar. But we move around, yeah. you know. Um, and then the the other show I do is called Fudge Factor, yeah, uh, and that is for comedians to just riff yeah. on topics provided by the audience. Okay, and yeah. So it's usually like every every show is unique. Yeah, every show's gonna be it's always gonna be a completely unique time. Yeah, because I have new comedians, but also who knows what they're gonna talk about? They're gonna talk about the thing that you thought of that night yeah. in the audience. And you're gonna dictate. Yeah. You're gonna have a writing credit for yeah. for tonight's show if you're in the audience. So I, I, I don't know. I just love riffing because it just there's a freedom in there. You being, you know, and it's I, spontaneous. It's real. Yeah. 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 And sometimes I do get a little overwhelmed with like having to, you know, memorize material. Yeah. And you get sick of your material. Yeah. You know, and you say it over and over again, and you're just like. I often wonder, just like singers, they have to sing the same song for like yeah. twenty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, that gets rough. I, I, I did a show recently with uh, there was music and comedy, and there was a lot of like comedians and musicians talking to each other and sort of, you know, like exchange their experiences. Yeah, yeah. and what the differences are, yeah. and, what, and what's what's better, or what's worse, or what's easier, or what's harder. You know, and I don't know. I think there there are a lot of differences I, one thing that i noticed is that uh when you sing a song okay when you tell a joke if the joke sucks yeah everyone stares at you yeah but yeah i i know what you're gonna say when yeah. you sing a song yeah if the song sucks mm -hmm. it lasts for three minutes and people just and nobody you would never really yeah. know if they think you suck yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So I mean, once in a while, if you really suck, that you know, you like, can kind of feel the like the honky tonks. Yeah. They'll throw bottles, and that's why they have a cage in front of it. But that's that's extreme. Yeah. Usually they'll be they'll politely golf clap you. You know, yeah. like all right, this is, thank you for trying. You know, um, and even even sometimes if you do a joke and it doesn't suck, but it's just okay, you'll yeah. hear silence. Yeah. You have to trigger the reaction in people with comedy. Um, you have to be. You have to like actually trigger. Yeah. The, like the psychology of people with a song, you just have to perform. Yeah. You're, it's a, a more passive. You're yeah. not having a dialogue necessarily. They're watching you as a performer. Yeah, yeah. Ideally, yeah. you're still doing all those things. You, ideally, yeah. still trigger something. Some. <laughs> It, you can hand, hand over the microphone yeah. and be like, okay, I clap and you guys do something, stuff like yeah, that. It yeah. should be emotive. It should have yeah. some sort of relatability and a perfect song, yeah. the best song in the world, of course. Yeah. But sometimes you're just watching like a punk band go crazy and you're like, yeah, this is cool, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, the job is for you to watch them, you know. Um, it depends. There's lots of different types of music. Sure. You know? But 
that's the that's the one thing I noticed the the weirdest part about it is like it, it's such a hard job to learn. It is hard job, but for me, I feel more comfortable telling jokes than doing any other kind of performances. I I just I feel so vulnerable when I sing, when I dance, or when I do like play instrument or whatever. Yeah, you do all that. I used to play the piano. Uh-huh. I'm not really good, but I've performed in front of people, and I just feel so. Ooh, it's so weird. And then, you know, I also, I mean, I don't sing as a performer, but I mean, I do karaoke or whatever. And just mm-hmm. for, I don't know. I just feel like maybe telling jokes is just something that I feel more comfortable doing. But a lot of people, they think doing comedy is more scary than doing any other kind of performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. think because comedy is, there's such a, a veil lifted. You can hide behind a song almost. You know, or hide right. behind music. Yeah, you can't hide behind anything with comedy. There, it's yeah, because it's you. Yeah. yeah, and it's all your thoughts. Is like, and and you have to, you have to think about things that uh, will elicit reaction and plan that and perfect it. Yeah, and then craft it, and then you go and you show everybody on stage what it is, and then you also have to add something else. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot there that you know, it's just a lot of effort put into yeah. eliciting that response from somebody. That you don't see, that's so uh, so true. Yeah, I think comedy is probably one of the few art forms that require you to present who you are in front of people authentically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. you can also be. I have this problem all the time. Um, you can also be funny. You can be in uh, in the moment. You yeah. can be conversational. You yeah. can be all the right things, but for whatever reason, you didn't like craft your material you didn't select the material so that the audience knows enough about you yeah and then someone's gonna judge you as not a great comedian because you're not like relatable or uh you're not selling your brand etc you know there's so much i had a a backhanded compliment the other day which i don't think the person meant it as any type of insult but um in fact i thought i think they meant it as a compliment but um i and i knew that it was you know that a lot of people would see that as as uh, not a great thing for a comedian but they said um something like it's hard to box you it's hard to put you in a box okay yeah and yeah. i was like for me personally as a like that was personally that was a compliment i yeah. was like thank you i don't want to be put in a box yeah um as a comedian i knew that like if there was another like if there was a comedy instructor in the room yeah that would be he'd be like there see that problem you yeah. see that right there yeah. that's why you're not making it that's why you're because you because he doesn't know who you are after you walk, I see you know yeah I mean? and I'm like I'm so sick of that I'm so sick of worrying about that you know yeah yeah I yeah. just kind of want to get to the next step where people just already have accepted me they don't give a fuck yeah and they're just like well let's hear your perspective yeah yeah you know? yeah yeah for me perspective is everything exactly it, yeah. it doesn't matter about remembering one of my jokes no or me telling you my fucking life story. Yeah. It's if you can tell what would Keith say about this situation. Yeah. If you if you have seen me enough times that you're like, yeah. oh, Keith, I know what Keith would say about this horrible truly drink. <laughs> it tastes like uh gold uh and gluten free. Yeah, it tastes like Gilmore Girls in shame. And that <laughs> it tastes like a, a, a fucking somebody melted a Yankee candle. <laughs> it tastes like Gilmore Girls. Um if somebody can predict that perspective, then they know me that that's, that's all I want out of comedy. Yeah. Then they know enough about me. Yeah. And, and if they enjoy that perspective, they're like, you know what? I want you to uh, 
whatever, roast this, roast that, do yeah. this, do that. You know, I want to hear what you think about this. Exactly. Yeah. That's what, that's what I want to be in comedy. Yeah. I don't want somebody to be like, I, I, I love ethnically ambiguous. I really do. Like I produce that show because I, I want people, like I want the comedians on the lineups to be able to tell their story. And like, I love that it's inclusive. It's almost the most inclusive show yeah it's a variety of faces it's sober it's like there's so there's more diversity on that lineup by like a factor of three because everyone's like mixed yeah. you know what i mean than any other lineup but um but i also i don't want to go up there every time and, and be like hey so i'm 12 percent mexican you know i'm like I, I just feel like i'm you know it's the same thing as the game show i feel like i'm dancing for you, you know? yeah 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 I, I i also don't want to be like so dryly observational like oh yeah. so what's the deal with doorknobs huh why are they brown? You know? <laughs> which i had I, that's a bit i had you know and i'm like this is so dorky like who cares yeah. about doorknobs but um i don't know i just want to be me i want to be me you are being you yeah. i yeah I'm being me right now yeah so, you are yeah, yeah. you're welcome <laughs> thank you you're welcome okay cool yeah and thank you for being you I am being me. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how to be anybody else. No. Yeah. yeah. I don't I'm, want you to be anybody else. Yeah. Don't be me. It's taken. I. Yeah. Just be everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Keith, for being here with me. Of course. It's been like almost 90 minutes. My pleasure. Yeah. Have you, we, have you done podcasts this long? This is like uh, as long as a comedy show should be. Please. Don't. 90, yeah. 90 minutes is like, that's. We didn't have to take a bathroom break for this. Yeah. A comedy show that is longer than 90 minutes is a drag. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's dragging on. Yeah. I was at a four hour thing the other day. What? Yeah. Oh, wait. The competition? Wow. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't like to do competitions. It, it's so subjective and yeah. everybody is on yeah. different level of experience. It's never really fair. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like trying to, to say, oh, what's better? the color purple or the smell of cinnamon like it's yeah just, like, it's just i don't know like it's too on a thursday with uh maybe the cinnamon i don't fucking know yeah it, yeah it i don't like competitions for that reason uh i fudge factor there is a prize but it's just to get the audience engaged they yeah. vote on their favorites but i don't give a shit yeah like, it's just like a, a a bragging rights sort of like fun thing for the comedians yeah. to do it's nothing like i'm not trying it's, to rank anybody yeah um I, I just I don't really engage in the in comedy competitions because of that, you know. But where where does the name Fudge Factor come from? Fudge Factor, because you're fudging it. Oh. Yeah. So you know the phrase like, oh, uh, we don't know what what we're gonna do here, so we're just gonna fudge it. I've never heard of it, but now I do. Yeah. yeah. Everyone English thinks, lesson. English lesson. Everyone thinks it's Fudge Factory. So, uh, <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> that name was taken. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Every name was taken. Every like. Every I was like riffing ain't easy, you know what I mean? Like I was trying to come up with all these names for riff com comedy or improv comedy, and everything was like already taken. Fudge Factor's probably already taken. Yeah, but you know Fear Factor. Yeah, it's like a game show. Yeah. it's like a co competition of the competition is really in, uh, is is really in like making yourself forcing yourself to take that leap. Mm. You know, to take that challenge. Yeah. And to just be able to go free and then, and not only riff freely, but riff freely on, well, not even freely, like on this topic specific. Yeah. You know, so like, and I came up with it and it's real time, you do it. That's a challenge and that's not easy to do. Yeah. It might even be 
for some people, that's the hardest part yeah. of comedy. Um, I'm going to give you a topic and I want you to riff one minute. How about that? A, a topic? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right, let's do it. Let, let me see. Imagine if I said no. <laughs> I can't do it on, on camera. I can't do that. Budge factor? You don't have to do five minutes set. Just one minute. I think it's good. Okay, let's see. Uh, Is it on uh, watermelon, cucumber, no. bullshit juice that's overly sweetened? <gasps> okay, I have an idea. Buddhism. Buddhism. You know, is I, okay. For I'm an atheist, so okay. I actually kind of respect Buddhism. Although I'm I'm anti-religion on everything. I'm sorry to everybody, whatever. But I just feel like religion's like kind of unhealthy. You know what I mean? First of all, the only person whose whose uh, opinion I trust on God are dead people. Like that's it. You know. Yeah. But Buddhists at least are like peaceful motherfuckers. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, look at their mascot. <laughs> Is that what you call it? I don't know. Is it a mascot? It's like, uh, is that offensive to religious people to call the, the god the mascot? mascot? I just did that. I just went straight mascot. Oh my. Mascot. Yeah, okay. The mascot is a fat guy who's just like, hey, I'm just chilling. I'm just going to do yoga or something. Really like that, approachable know? and lovely. Yeah. yeah. Like, so that's the. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of religions that I actually respect, and Buddhism is one of them because I'm like, all right. And plus, here's the other thing. You never see you never see a fat guy in a diaper like on your front porch like knocking. They don't go door to door. You no, know what I mean? No. They, they don't. They like, try. They don't. They don't try to recruit people. They don't sell it to you. They yeah. don't have an HR department. Yeah, exactly. I love that about Buddhism. Yeah. I'm like, and you know, I don't know. It's just like for some reason I just always uh, make like Buddhism is the, is equated to food for me. You know what I mean? Like when i go to chinese restaurants and they're like the buddhist delight i'm like all right i'll take that it's just like yeah because you go to chinese a lot of times when i go to chinese and i'm talking about chinese american yeah food, you know but like I, I love the orange chicken but yeah. there's like there's not a crumb of vegetable in that thing no it's just like this is this is uh sugared up fucking chicken we're we fried it and then poured this syrup yeah. over top. Of it's me, one hundred percent me. Bullshit, yeah. like sugary syrup, and I like it. Yeah, and I want that in the rice, but then there's no veggies, mm. so I get the I get the Buddhist delight. Yeah, because I'm like that's just all the veggies. Yeah, and then tofu that's been fried, deep fried, so that it's fucking unrecognizable. <laughs> so Very greasy, a lot. Oh yeah, fucking family doesn't yeah. even know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nah. Like, was this? Was this in a fucking, uh, like a house fire? What yeah. happened? Why is this tofu ruined? That's okay. I'm not there for the tofu. I already got my chicken. So I'm, I'm eating the vegetables. And that's what I, so that's what I equate with Buddhism. Also, uh, the mindfulness, peacefulness, and acceptance of others. I, I appreciate all those things. Yeah. I do like that. I, I never, here's my problem with the religion. I never take it all the way to the step where, Oh, let's just make up shit about what exists yeah. in other dimensions and uh, realms. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, no, that's that's the yeah. that's the hard stop for yeah. me. But other than that, I like the Buddhists and I like um, the fact that they are willing to embrace bald people. <laughs> Is that my one minute riff? I don't know if that was. A I think it's probably like three minutes. I, think I went over. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. So that's what you'll get at Fudge Factor, people. It's great. Yeah. You even have some audience interaction with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, that cool. was your topic and you wrote that down and I pulled it out of a bucket and I said it on stage and then, you know. Yeah. We move on. That's fun. Okay. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. Thank you, Keith. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Woohoo! Keith is so sweet. 
he brought a gift for me. It's like a mug that is printed with his show's logo, the Chess Show. Yeah, he was doing this show called the Chess Show, and I ah, it's just so, he is such a thoughtful guy. I I love you, Keith. Thank you so much for driving all the way from where the valley. To Highland Park, that's at least one hour drive, and then he showed up on time. Hey, he showed up on time to do a podcast with me. That is awesome, and that is yeah, because he's like doing a podcast with me is not a job. So <laughs> I I don't mind you're late, but I really appreciate you that you are on time. Yeah, thank you, kids. So I guess、uh, before we end this podcast, let's talk about. Pornography, because I'm a porn director. Let's talk about、uh, Nanki Sushi, I guess, because we were doing it with Keith two weeks ago. So yeah, I did a Nanki Sushi scene、uh, with Keith. Keith was on set making sushi for us. But what we did not mention in our podcast is that my Nanki Sushi scene was putting sushi on a male talent's body instead of a female talent. So. It's not as often to see naked sushi on a man. It happens, but not a lot. And it was so fun because、uh, the female talent and the male talent they were so excited to do this naked sushi thing because they know they can eat the sushi after we wrap, which they did, and it was delicious. And Keith also brought a stove, and then we made some、uh, shrimp tempura. And yeah, he was just like frying the tempura on set, and it smelled so good. And I noticed that me myself, I have a fantasy about food because I've been making porn for about six months now. And I noticed that a lot of my videos either have food or have dialogue about food. Like I sexualize food a lot. I mean, there are a lot of things you can sexualize, but for me, I guess my thing is food. I guess there's something about eating and tasting that makes me wanna sexualize it. I don't know. You know, a lot of my dialogue are about food, but in a metaphorical way. You know, people instead of saying that, "Hey, I want to suck your dick," my character would be like, "Hey, can I suck your candy bar?" Stuff like that. I I I, I like to speak. In metaphors, because <laughs> I think that's sexier. Instead of saying cock, dick, vagina, how about candy bar, lollipop, or Twizzler? Hey, daddy, can I suck your Twizzler? All right, guys, that is the episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. Please do not forget to follow us on Get Intimate Podcast on Instagram at Get Intimate Podcast. I'm your host, Oliver Wong. This has been Get Intimate with Oliver Wong. Bye. Let's get intimate.